Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. That's a hell of a feeling, man. I'm sorry. I'm not used to this, guys. Forgive me. I know you guys are used to, you know, Seattle, you know, always going to the playoffs. I'm not used to this. I'm used to sending my cars home by this time. And, you know, hey, I'm already packing up, learning where I'm going next. Where's the vacation? When am I seeing family? Sorry to cut you off, brother. I'm just excited, man. So God is good. Jamal Adams very happy to be on a playoff team for the first time in his career. And... This isn't airing of grievances time, and we've got a special airing of grievances coming up this week because it actually will land on the day of Festivus. There has been something that has been gnawing at me about this whole Jamal Adams routine and this claim that he was depressed because the Jets weren't very good. Look, Jamal, there are a lot of guys who play in the NFL who don't play for good teams. There's 11 guys on the field at any given moment. You get drafted into the NFL. It happens. Not everyone has the power to just talk their way out of a bad team. Kudos to you for doing it. But there are plenty of guys out there who are still playing professional football and getting paid handsomely for it, and they're on a bad team. And I, I just I, – it's just – I don't know what it is that's bothering what are you me mad? about. Yeah, what are you Jamal mad at? That he's happy? Just, are I, you I, mad that he's no, happy, I, Grinch? No. What are you mad at I, this I, week? I, I don't <laughs> – there's something that rubs me the wrong way about the fact that he – you know, the, the, I, there's just something about it that bothers me. There uh, yeah. are plenty of guys that are on bad teams, and that's okay. You shouldn't let that define yourself as an athlete. You sh- it shouldn't all come down to whether or not you're on a playoff team or not. Why? Everybody in our business not, judges not everybody on, on that. Team. Everybody, That's all we judge everybody on. So why? But that- you can, no, you can still be a great player on a bad team. You can still be a great player on a bad team. You I can. Just, there's just something, there's something about it that just – I. I I should have thought about it more yeah. before the show. Apparently, I would Sound be articulating it better. Here. Yeah, but there's right. something about it that rubs me the wrong way. There's almost an entitlement to it. Like because he's good, he's entitled to be on a team that is a playoff team. There are plenty of great players out there that aren't on playoff teams, and not everyone was able to kind of pout their way out of the team they were on, which is what he did. No, I guess that's what I guess that's my point. He was rewarded. For pouting his way out of New York, he didn't That's pout. What bothers he didn't me. pout. He yes, literally he did. just crapped yes, all over them. I mean, he didn't pout. Well, he crapped well, all well, over. You know them. what I'm? Yes. But you know what I'm saying. I mean. <laughs> but that's you're making my point even better. The idea that I mean, if you're going to do that, then then just say you're not going to sign with them when they draft you. But but the idea that he went on a to style reign of terror to get out of New York and he's been rewarded for it. There's something about that at some level that bothers me. And I say that with a staunch record of supporting player rights and saying, Hey, if you don't like where you are, do what you can to get out of there. But I just don't like the way he went about it. I don't I just, know why. It, it, I don't it know why. a lot of dysfunction. I can see you're it bothered a lot by of unnecessary it. dysfunction. Well, I it, am bothered by well, it. Well, okay. Well, listen, I mean, the, the the Jets are dysfunctional. I mean, we know that. He wanted to get a new contract. He's definitely one of the best defensive players in football. Oh, he got his new contract? Did well, I miss the headline well, on PFT? Okay, well, no, but he we'll see. I mean, I would think he's going to get it. We know it's kind of inevitable for what well, they traded for Let me for tell you, this, this, this is the other reason why it bothers me. This is, because he will say from time to time, 
that, oh, I had to get out of New York. Oh, it was awful. Oh, I was depressed. Oh, but if they had paid me, I would have stayed. That's the other thing that bothers me. There's an inconsistency to these positions from Jamal Adams. Sure. So do you want to be on a playoff team? Do you want to get paid? What is it? Okay. But also, don't forget that his father's career was ruined before it got started. And, you know, like I've told you before, my dad thought he was going to be a superstar. So that's in his mind, too, about getting that security. And, you know, the old phrase, right? Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I, you can't get mad at him because he got out of a situation that he did not like, you know, obviously was not comfortable in, and he hasn't been, he's not, like, that's, it's, those are happy emotions. Those are good Christmas week emotions I know, there. I okay? know, I get it, I understand right. it, but there's just something about the overall circumstance that rubs me the wrong way, and now that we've talked it through, that, that nagging inconsistency that's out there, that if the Jets would have paid him, he would have stayed amid the dysfunction that that's I that's because it's like what really was his motivation? What really is going on here? And I wonder how he really feels about the fact that the Seahawks haven't paid him yet. Because that is what he wanted. Well, so, you anyway, know, you're when you got sixty, maybe when you got sixty situation. million guaranteed, that can make a dysfunctional, you know, moment in your life not so dysfunctional. And you know, he obviously wanted that with the Jets, but yeah, he can dis he can deal with not being paid because. Everything is functional in Seattle Seahawks, and they do win. And he's he sees the way the organizations run, so he's excited. He's gonna get his pay payday, hey. but but I, I okay, I I get you a he, little. He's bit. He's a great player. He's a great player. He's a great player. Yeah. Don't get me wrong about that. Yeah. I got a ton of respect for him. Best safety in the NFL. That, that that circumstance, there's just some lingering thing that bothers me. And I don't hate the player or the game. I just hate you. It's time for superlatives on this uh, Monday edition Christmas. Where the love is flowing. Uh, flowing. Chris, I'll let you go first. <laughs> Although I actually I actually spent time. The game last night was sufficiently unexciting in the fourth quarter <laughs> that I was, was able to spend time putting some ideas together for today's superlative. So I'm ready to go. What do you got? All right. Well, I mean, uh, I've seen this movie before. Uh, I think I got to go down to um, uh, maybe I shouldn't use that. Maybe I should go Who's Your Daddy Award to Tom Brady because, like, he's the Falcons' daddy. I think I like that better. Who's your daddy? Uh, you know, who'd, who? who's your daddy? Uh, it's Tommy Tommy Brady. That's your daddy, Atlanta, for what he did. I mean, again, down, in the, down to start the second half, Atlanta Falcons brings them back. I mean, Brady, I thought – I thought that was the best half of football he's played in Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay is another one of those teams, a little like Kansas City. You get frustrated because you see the potential and how good they are. And I'm still not so sure they're not one of the most complete teams in the NFC when you see halves of football like that. But, man, you know, I know the world thinks I'm, Tom, I'm a Tom Brady hater because I don't say he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But, holy crap, the way he's throwing the football right now at his age, I mean, it, it is special. It, it was laser beams around the field yesterday. And I, I just I, I can't say enough about that. But just the way he looked, the way the offense looked, and just how they accelerated in the second half. Oh, 17-0. Hey, 17-7. It was 24-7, and they just never stopped. And they just kept answering the bell, answering the bell, and their defense settled in, and they really were unstoppable. But Brady in the second half, as good as I've seen him in, in a few years, really. Yeah, and – Look, they've done this throughout the course of the season. Yeah. I I chronicled every time they fell behind early. Double digits, 17 points. They were down 17 to the Chargers in the first half. They've been down. Sometimes they come back, sometimes they don't. That's not going to work for the Buccaneers in the postseason. They can't count on that. The Packers, for example, down 10 nothing. they were before finally waking up. They can't let it go as long as they did, although it makes for an exciting second half, which we saw yesterday. First one for me, and I've got several that I like today. This is the great work if you can get it award. And I heard from many Raiders fans last week who vehemently and strenuously objected to my position that John Gruden uh, is getting a free pass with the Raiders. And if it was any other coach, he'd be at least be on the discussion of being on the hot seat. And one Raiders fan very keenly pointed out, I have no problem with you making that argument as to Gruden because you're right. But also, at some point, somebody's got to say something about John Elway. And that's why I call it the great work if, if you can get it award because he has fallen into a spot where he's never going to be fired until there is an owner appointed by the three trustees 
who are managing the team until they decide which of the seven Boland children is going to win this bizarre Willy Wonka contest and become the owner of the franchise. And that may not work. They may have to sell the team. In fact, that's the way the wind is blowing. Until all that happens, whenever it may happen, John Elway's not going anywhere because those trustees have enough to worry about without having to hire a new GM. And who in their right mind is going to take that job when they know what's coming? You've got no job security because at any moment it could all blow up and they sell the team and then the first order of business is you get fired. So, and and, and look, I got a ton of respect for the fact that they won Super Bowl 50. But my, 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 my roller coaster has been when he was hired in 2011, I'm thinking, what are the Broncos doing? Nobody's even talking about hiring John Elway for any job in any front office and you're putting him in charge of your football operation? Are you kidding me? And then, of course, they win the Super Bowl and I had to eat crow. Well, now I have to uneat the crow because here they are. And it's, it's punctuated by the fact that they passed on Josh Allen, Chris. That's the thing sure. that really brought it into focus right. for me. They passed on Josh Allen. I know they got Bradley Chubb, but franchise quarterback, pass rusher, there's still there's still a step. You want the franchise quarterback. No doubt. Obviously. No doubt. They passed on Josh Allen and they got to see firsthand what they passed on. And that just really underscores the fact. And and look, Hall of Fame talent, John Elway. Put a Super Bowl winning team together. But other than having Peyton Manning fall into his lap. What's he done by way of finding a quarterback? And to pass on Josh Allen in a year where Case Keenum was your starter, it's not like you could say, well, we were set at the position. No, you weren't. You weren't. Case Keenum was a placeholder. So uh, if, I'm a, if I'm a Broncos fan right now and I've endured four straight losing seasons, I would be up in arms about this, and I would feel helpless because none of it is going to change until there's an owner of that team, and nobody knows when that's going to be. Well, uh, I mean, listen, there's a lot. First off, I would like to wax poetically about your point with Josh Allen because Josh Allen is, you know, I I put out a tweet as I was sitting there watching the game on Sunday, and I said, I just, I asked, you know, is is Josh Allen officially in the stratosphere with Rodgers and Mahomes? Listen, I know he's not Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes yet, but I think for like 2020 football and what we've seen through week 15, I mean. I don't think it's crazy to think he's in that conversation with the way that he's playing and the way that that team is playing. You know, I mean, I don't know. Do you are do you think that's crazy, Mike, to say that right now? You know, I understand in totality he's not in Rodgers and Mahomes' class yet. I get that. But for this season, in moments where you go, hey, if I need a quarterback to put the offense on my shoulders and make plays and do that, I think he's at least in the conversation. I mean, at least I think you got to give him the respect of that. What he did there the other game, the other night on Saturday, you know, that, that was special. Again, we just saw that Denver defense not let Mahomes and the Chiefs in the end zone like six different times in the red zone. And then there was Josh Allen, and I know the Broncos weren't at full strength, but he was scoring touchdowns every time he was down there. I'm not trying to say he's better than Mahomes or the Chiefs or anything. I'm just trying to say it's damn special. And you're right, Elway blew it on that one. Okay, for sure. You know, he's had some questionable quarterback decisions. There's no doubt. And things have not been good as of late there in Denver. I, I, you can't argue that. And, yeah, maybe he is at a spot here because of ownership where he's getting a little bit of a, a free pass per oh, se. No, maybe. It's not yeah. maybe. There's no okay. one in place to fire him. There's you're, no one in place to right. fire him. But, and they're not going to. Well, but, but he's getting towards the hot seat conversation. I think it's. Who's going to fire him? I don't know. Who's going to fire him? The trustees are going to fire him, and then who are they going to hire? That's my point. Who well, are you going to hire? I, I don't to be know. be the GM of a team that's about to get sold. But we're not there. I don't know. You're right. It might not happen yet. I don't know. We can't fault John Elway, and then you can't start keep saying that. That's why I said it's good work if you can get it. Well, you can't fault. This is the other thing I don't like what you say, though. You can't say Peyton Manning fell into his lap. Everybody wanted Peyton Manning. Elway had built an amazing team well, that Peyton Manning went, I want to go there because even if I'm bad and the worst quarterback in football, I think we can win a Super Bowl. So he, I, there's not a lot of teams that have had first and second, you know, first and second seeds in the playoffs and been to the Super Bowl twice in the last eight, nine years. Broncos are one of them. In fact, I think it's only right. them in Seattle. So he did get a little free pass because of that history too, I think. I think, I think the – the franchise quarterback Hall of Fame club helped him speak a language to Peyton Manning that got Manning to sign on, right? And and there sure. were some rough spots. There were some rough spots Definitely. between a couple of alpha males who were trying to run the team, and uh, but but it all worked out in the end. They got their Super Bowl as Peyton Manning walked off into the sunset, and the fumes of that may be keeping 
but but again, nobody's in place to fire John Elway. They would they would be in much worse shape if they had to scramble to go hire a general manager for what may be the final years of this group before they face the reality that they are going to have to sell the team. And that reality is coming closer and closer. And if I'm a Broncos fan, I just want it to happen. Let's move on. Let's get on with it, and let's start building toward a brighter future. All right, Chris, what do you have next? Well, I think my next one, I'm going to go to the, uh, we haven't talked about this game, the, the Boomer Sooner Award. You know, I don't like Oklahoma. They tortured me in college. But damn, those two quarterbacks yesterday in that Boomer Sooner matchup was fun to watch with the Eagles versus the, the Arizona Cardinals. It really was. You know, first off, I think what I've come to the realization is that the Eagles are going to be trading Carson Wentz this offseason, the way it looks. That's going to happen. I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know, as much as I question his ability to throw and be consistent that way coming out in the NFL draft, you know, his running is more special than maybe I gave it credit for. And something we talk about with Tony Dungy a lot, when you can run that way, it simplifies defenses to where maybe the fact that you're not a top-tier thrower yet, it still can be overcome because you're getting great looks because they're worried about your defense. And if you're open, he's going to hit you. I mean, he makes plays, takes care of the football. He's like the opposite Carson Wentz is this year. So between him, that was awesome for Jalen Hurts, even though they lost. And then, hey, Arizona, they got back on track on the offensive side of the ball. Kyler Murray's arm looked as live as I've seen it look uh, over the last few weeks. You know, and then making playmaking ability and just getting the ball into DeAndre Hopkins' hands again, who's kind of disappeared in that offense. You know, it was a fun game to watch, but it was fun to see Arizona's offense kind of get jump-started again and see if they can make a little run here down the stretch. Well, and, and look, the, the point we made last week, Kyler Murray had been about four weeks removed from injuring that shoulder against the Seahawks, so he was getting to the point where we should expect him to be healthy. He's yeah, playing through right. it. It is going to get better on the fly, and it did. And that whole Carson Wentz angle, kind of a strange bookend of Sunday Splash reports yeah, right? Shefty. Last week he reports the Eagles are going to keep him. This week he reports that Wentz wants out. Clearly, the first report came from the Eagles who are trying to maximize trade leverage. And step one in maximizing trade leverage is saying we ain't trading the guy. Yeah. Yesterday's report clearly came from Wentz's camp. They're trying to keep the Eagles from playing a game with Wentz. And if you are going to be traded, you want to be traded for less. You don't want your new Definitely. team to give up a Herschel Walker ransom right. to get you. Then it makes it harder for you to be competitive there. And there was a report last night contradicting Schefter's report. This came from the AP, Rob Motti, who covers the Eagles and, the, and works for the AP and has a lot of Eagles stories. He said Wentz doesn't want out and that Wentz hasn't told anyone that. Well, here's blah, how you blah, harmonize blah, it. Blah, Wentz, blah. Wentz hasn't said anything, but his agents have. That's how, that's how it happens. Wentz is trying to exert leverage over the situation. He doesn't want to languish on the bench in Philadelphia if Jalen Hurts is the guy. No. And he doesn't want the Eagles playing games with him. Like they tried to play the game with Nick Foles. Well, we're going to use the franchise tag and then try to trade him until they realize they couldn't trade him, so then they just let him walk away. Wentz wants to be sure that he gets a full and fair chance to go where he wants to go. This is part of that effort to apply pressure to the Eagles to make sure he gets what he wants. Agreed. I, I mean, I think Wentz needs to go all in on that. You know, if I'm advising Carson Wentz, that's what I would tell him to do. You don't want to be there anymore. Just make it be known. Lower your trade value. That's not their fault they drafted a quarterback in the second round. It's not your fault, I mean, Carson Wentz. It's not your fault. They drafted a guy in the second round. Tough. So I would start doing that right now because you're right. You know, you don't, as a player, you know, you don't want the team that's going to trade for you, like you said, to give up a big part of their football team to get you. The other thing, too, you know, it takes a lot of teams out of the trade market when the, when the asking price is so high. You know, by lowering your price, you, get, you bring in a lot of teams that, you know, maybe didn't have the assets or want to do it. So if I'm Carson Wentz, I go full-blown. I went out of Philadelphia, blow this up. He's in a no-win situation anyways. Carson Wentz, his agent, if you're listening, you're in a no-win situation. Philadelphia, the city, doesn't want you anymore. I'm sorry. It's screwed up, but they don't. And it's going to take him to be like an MVP three years in a row for them to finally go, oh, yeah, he is a good quarterback. So if I'm him, I want out of there, and he should make it happen. The only risk in taking that position is that your next team – 
may be leery that they're eventually That's right. going to be on the wrong end of that. But you yeah. know what? To get back to the point from the top of the segment, it didn't stop the Seahawks from giving up two first-round picks plus to get Jamal Adams, knowing full well that at some point Jamal Adams could turn right. that same ire that we saw directed to the Jets toward the Seahawks. But that's what a next Carson Wentz team would at least have to worry about a little bit, unless they fully understand it the way we do, that this is just his way of trying to get to a new situation without that new team having to give up a lot. If anything, the new team should be thankful that he's doing it because it's reducing potentially the price they're going to have to pay to get him. Next one for me, the Deja Vu All Over Again award goes to the Texans and the Colts. Think about where the Colts would be right now if they didn't have some weird, fluky, dumb thing happen as the Texans were driving to win or tie twice in the last three games. It was 26-20 a couple of weeks ago. There's that weird shotgun snap. When do you ever see a weird shotgun snap in the NFL? You never see it. Nick Martin had a weird shotgun snap, and that killed the chance of the Texans to beat the Colts. And then yesterday, the Texans down 7, 27-20, not 26-20, driving, and there's a fumble into the end zone, and that's that for the Houston Texans. And you flip those games. You just take one of those games away, and all of a sudden the Colts are in a lot more tenuous position in the AFC. You take both of them away, and they're on the outside looking in. And it just shows you that even when a team is good, there can be – you can just focus in on this or this or that or that, and it's like, boy, if that didn't go your way, you're done. And and that's the thing about the NFL. There are so many – little fluky bounces of an oblong ball that will determine whether you're 10 and six or eight and eight. And if you're eight and eight, you ain't getting in. And if you're 10 and six, you are. And uh, it's, it's just crazy. It's maddening. And all the effort, all the time, all the sweat, all the planning, all the hours of work by the coaches and all the time spent working out a team's fate can so often come down to a bad call, a bounce of the ball, and you're either in or you're out based on that. No, it is. It's heartbreaking. It really is. And it's like, to me, it, you know, again, the Colts are doing a lot of good things, definitely. The the thing that jumps out to me about that game more than anything is, you know, Deshaun Watson. He's so freaking awesome. I mean, he's he's really – he's the reason they're in the game. He's the reason they got a chance. It's the it's He's the ultimate reason why you can't give wins and losses always and blame it on the quarterback with losses. You can't do any more than Deshaun Watson did to win that game yesterday. I mean, it, it's really – it's he plays at such a high level. His ability to avoid the pass rush and make big throws all game long is just remarkable that way. And, yeah, the, the Colts are very fortunate that they escaped with a win there. Uh, that was big for them with everybody else winning the AFC. Um, my next one is the um, – it happened, Mike. It happened. It happened. Do you know what it, I'm talking about? It happened. It happened. It. What? Um. He won't be back. He's dead. <laughs> he went into the lava and he is dead now. <laughs> the Terminator's dead. It's official. It took 20 years, but damn, somebody in the AFC finally shot the damn Terminator. I don't know what they found or what kind of weapon it was. Oh, that's right. They got Tom Brady out of there. Uh, either way, you know, th- that game yesterday, New England Patriots, you know, offensive struggles as usual, playing through their defense, doing all that. But really the star the star of the show is is Miami and what Brian Flores has done there with that football team, their defense. They're they're one of the better defenses in football. They make plays every week, and then they just mash the Patriots in the run game. You know, I give them a lot of credit. The Patriots tried to play the old Hey, we're going to put a lot of people at the line of scrimmage. You don't want to run into all these people. You want to throw the ball with Tua here. And Brian Flores and Chan Gailey, I give them the credit. They didn't bite. They didn't take the bait. They said, no, we're, we still don't think you can stop the run, even though you got a lot of guys there. We're going to still run it. And they ran it and ran it for success. And a uh, big win for them. I mean, just the attitude of the Dolphins, the toughness they play. Tua, again, not spectacular, but makes plays and knows how to manage the football game. And uh, it's a big win for the Dolphins and Brian Flores. You know, this may be a multi-year thing for the Patriots, too. They've got Tua in Miami. They've got Josh Allen in Buffalo. Yeah. They may have Trevor Lawrence still with the Jets. We were talking about this last night. Do the Patriots lay down Week 17 for the Jets to ensure that Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville? Coach Dungy actually seemed to endorse the idea of 
putting Jared Stidham in the game, putting some backup offensive linemen in the game, evaluating some young players and just letting nature take its course. And if you lose to the Jets, you lose to the Jets right. and you don't have to deal with Trevor Lawrence for the next 10 years. It's it's an interesting thought. I mean, it, it really is. Um, I don't see New England being that way uh, as far as like packing it in, but they might have that week 17 Hey, let's see what a few of these guys got. You know, a little extra film to evaluate. You know, and 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 maybe it does set up that way. You know, just conveniently for them. Uh, who knows? It's going to be interesting. It really is. And I don't know. Hey, I was going to say that when we were talking about that game before. Just why we're on it, real quick. Like, did Sam Darnold? Was that a good thing for him that they won yesterday? Did that keep him in New York? Maybe he should have thrown a late pick and been like, I don't want to be here next year. I want you guys to take Trevor Lawrence. I want out of this place. Well, the worst case scenario for him is to still be there under the fourth year of his guaranteed contract and not be the starter or at least be the placeholder yeah, until right. Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence take over because you've already got the money fully guaranteed. If you don't find a trade partner, you just keep him. So, I look, the Jets players <laughs> uh, wanted great. to avoid <laughs> – they wanted to Everything. avoid desperately going 0-16. You don't want that on your resume. <laughs> Jets fans – we're happy to trade Owen 16 for Trevor Lawrence. That's a great, there that's it is. a great Lawrence cover ball. there. That's a great cover, but you know what? A lot of people were asking on Twitter, what does it mean? Because they don't know who Lawrence Welk is. The Grinches stole Trevor. Uh, yeah, but hey, it's, I, I still think the players, the coaches, definitely the coaches. Adam Gase doesn't want 0-16 on his resume. The players don't want to be associated with a not. team that went 0-16. No. Even though the Browns have done it and the Lions have done it, you don't want to be what would have been the last 0-16, assuming the NFL goes to 17 games next season. All right, I got one more real quick one, and this goes back to our top story of the day, the Chiefs beating the Saints. Last week when you were home, before we had technical difficulties that knocked you off. Do you remember that? You have happy thoughts of no, that day, don't no, you? No, I, I wanted I to look crash like, things and you look like things You looked like Mr. Freeze. I said you looked like Mr. Freeze because you had that blue. Yes. You looked like Schwarzenegger in the right, Batman movie. Right. The Mr. Freeze Award, I've got to give it to Patrick Mahomes. We, we have to pray. The, 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 revolutionary what this guy does with the football in his hands because there were two moments yesterday that oh. I noticed. And, of course, we're getting ready for a show. I'm on the phone. I'm getting dressed. We're rehearsing. There may have been more, but there were two that I saw that blew me away. There was a moment where he was running around behind the line of scrimmage, avoiding ta uh, potential guys that would sack him. And he did this move where Cam Jordan just – froze. I mean, it is like Patrick Mahomes has some sort of gun that he points at you and he presses the button and you freeze. Cam Jordan did not know what to do and it was awesome. And the throw on the back end, he clips that instant. It was just that quick little moment in time. But it was incredible what he did to Cam Jordan. I mean, Cam Jordan's one of the best passers in the, the one, NFL. That was the one where he threw it to, that he hit Sammy Watkins on the big completion down the field. Or yes, the, yes, yes, okay, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was amazing. You're right. And then there was a, and then there was another one where, and this is just Sandlot backyard stuff. He's he's he sees the opening. He runs to the line of scrimmage, and he knows he's going to keep running. And there's a guy ten yards downfield, and. And even though Mahomes was past the line of scrimmage when he did it, he did a quick pump he, he fake. He turned and, and like the guy, acted. Yeah, I know. And the guy jumped straight up in the air. Now, he didn't freeze, right. but he jumped straight up in the air. So you don't have to worry about that guy making the tackle. Mahomes just keeps going. It is just amazing to see what he can do instinctively. And that's where the playbook ends, the game plan ends, the scripted plays end. And it's just put a guy out there who has an un canny skill set that this game hasn't seen and it's a level of domination that you only see on a schoolyard and we all have memories of that the one kid that no one could catch the one kid that could run circles around everyone and drive you crazy that's Mahomes you don't see that at the highest level of football when you do it's rare and I mean not since Michael Vick and, and for Vick it was just straight ahead speed with Mahomes, there's just this kind of strange elusive. He's like Gumby. You know, he's not the fastest guy. Yeah. But he, the way he moves, it almost like puts people into a trance and they think they have a beat on him and then they don't. That's what makes that 30-yard sack last week even more stunning because he just knows. He knows 
where they opening is. He knows just how to how to hypnotize someone just in that instant to get by. I mean, it, it was, it's 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 unbelievable. It really is. No, it we, is. And we need to appreciate it because it's not going to last forever. And hopefully there'll be more kids like him in the pipeline. No, no. I, I, I well, I think they're you know I mean, like him. I don't know, but you're right. I mean, the game's going that way, and I think quarterbacks are more and more you know, doing that stuff. I'm even, like I've told you before, seeing kids doing it in flag football who are 10 years old. My little boy's running around like that and doing crap like that now. So, you know, it's being indoctrinated into a lot of young kids. And, and I, Mike, that's why we talked about early on. And it just, it's that ability that I think has given the, the pass protection a, a free pass lately where it hasn't been that great. But you know, he's fast enough to where he challenges you to where, oh, man, I got to run hard or he might turn the corner on me. But then he has great ability to kind of start and stop. And then you're worried about all the awkward throws. So if you're chasing him, you're going, man, I got to run hard to catch him. Wait, I better get my hands up because he might throw some sidearm laser beam right, you know, right across my face or by my ear hole. And then you have to worry about him stopping and spinning out and doing all of that stuff. He's just got a lot of versatility in his moves, and he's just got, you know, like you said, a great natural backyard feel for what to do, how to move, and make the throw that's, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty damn special. And you just don't see it at the NFL level because they swarm to you. The athletes are so good that you don't get away with that stuff. They come get you, they catch you, they hit you, and you don't do it anymore. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we open up the notebook, including the specific ways the Bears' offense somehow has improved over the course of the last few weeks. More PFT Live right after this. The Chicago Bears have turned it around in recent weeks, and it all goes back to the bye week when they had lost to the Minnesota Vikings. Nick Foles suffered an injury late in the game. Mitchell Trubisky, due to that injury, initially got back onto the field after being benched in week three. The last three weeks, two of the game's wins, they have done very, very well and uh, relative to how they were. It's not like they're all of a sudden the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris, but they are better than they were. They were sluggish. They were ineffective for so long. I spoke to Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, after the game, and he identified three tangible factors for why they're better now. One, when they went to the bye week, they made some moves on the offensive line, and it's settled down. They've had consistency on the offensive line, which is what you need to even begin to have an effective and functional offense. You need an offensive line that is the same five guys, and they play well, and they play together, and that helps open up running lanes Definitely. and buy time for the quarterback. Second, getting under center has been a factor, and that's something you've been pointing out. Now, I asked Coach Nagy point blank if the – Comments from Coach Dungy when we had the Bears-Packers game a few weeks ago and Dungy worked it with uh, with Mike Tirico, whether right. that was a factor. And, and he laughed and he said, no, that was something we've been trying to do all the way back to training camp. It just hadn't happened. But that offense calls for shotgun 88% of the time. 88% of the time. Right. So they've changed it and it's effective. And well, now the but concern what, wait, 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 hold on. But what are you, you what were you, what are you trying? Like, you, you like, hey, God, don't put your hand there yet. We're not trying to go underneath the center yet. You just do it. It's not that, but okay. Well, go ahead. but but my point is, it was it was part of the plan back to training camp. Okay, this isn't I know they just woke up one day and said, "Hey, Coach Dungy said we should go under center. Let's go under center." It's been part of the 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 intentional, deliberate effort this year to evolve the offense. Okay. But they you know they 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 hit some rough spots early, and now they've gotten back to it. And the concern is, Chris, and and I think this is a viable concern to stay ahead of their own tendencies that they're now setting with this different look to the offense because at some point there's enough film, somebody cracks the code, somebody figures out how to stop this switcheroo that the Bears have pulled. So Nagy said one of the challenges is basically self-scout themselves. He didn't say that. I wish he had. So they, they're ready for when defenses adjust to what they're doing now. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, he's right. I, 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 it's amazing what they're doing right now. It really is. The transformation they've made the last three weeks, even in the loss to the Detroit Lions, the offense was great. They weren't the problem. It was the defense, you know? So there's a lot to that, you know? And, and listen, I mean, Matt Nagy, you know, again, I, I challenge the, oh, we, we wanted to get underneath the center. No, just get under the center, you know, you do it, you know? And then the self-scouting night part, that, that is another one where I'd go, 
hey, uh, well, yeah, I, it's like they've been listening to my podcast. I mean, Matt Casey, producer, could tell you these are things I've been saying. They're one of the easiest teams to scout in all of football the first 12 weeks of the year. They're so predictable. You know exactly what they're going to do. There is nothing to it. You know, the fact that they have at least the threat of the power run game and the bootleg, as you know, we see a lot of teams in football who live by that, you know, formula right now in the NFL. And it's very successful. I mean, the team they're playing yesterday, the Minnesota Vikings, that's all they do. You don't even necessarily need to run the ball that well. And play action and bootlegs still have an effect. And uh, to me, that's the biggest thing more than anything here is it's like the Bears coaches finally looked at their team and said, hey, I'm going to stop making you guys fit what I want to do, and I'm actually going to try to fit to what you guys are good at. And they've started to do that. To me, that's been the biggest change more than anything. Um, and it's awesome to see. And if their offense can play like this, you know, I mean, I like their chances. They're, to me, when their offense is playing like this, I think they're better than the Cardinals. I think they're a better football team. I'd take them in a head-to-head -head matchup right now over Arizona. I really would. But their defense and they're running the ball that way, I, I like their chances. And I think there's a really good chance they do sneak in the playoffs here. And next week, it's Arizona hosting the 49ers, whose home away from home is Arizona. Kind of a strange that really little is quirk crazy. there. So, yeah. And the Cardinals have the Rams. Who are you, back, who are you taking there? Who are you taking? I think the Bears make it. Right? I see that 27% possibility. I think the Bears, I think the Bears make it. Uh, I think they do. I think so, um, too. And the, the fact that the – I mean, I don't know if it will affect either, but the Rams losing yesterday – that pretty much assures that they're like right. They're gonna want to play that Week 17 game. I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe the Rams end up in a meaningless Week 17 game where that that saves them. Uh, that could save Arizona. I've been peeking ahead to Week 17 from time to time. I can't make any sense of who's gonna be playing to win, who's not gonna care, who's gonna be yeah, hoping maybe they fall down right. a spot in the playoff tree to get a better matchup in the wild card round, which I don't like in general. But I can understand in some years where, especially this year, where home field advantage doesn't mean as much, uh, maybe you'd be tempted to do it. The last reason the Bears' offense has improved is Mitchell Trubisky. And the benching of Trubisky in Week 3 may have been the best thing that's happened to him in his entire career because Nagy said he's different now at practice. He's more confident. He's more assertive. He's commanding the offense. And it shows week in and week out. And also, you're throwing that ability to run the ball. That's why I picked the Bears yeah. to beat the Vikings. I'd seen that movie before. When the Vikings had a decent pass rush, they couldn't handle Trubisky's running. They definitely couldn't handle it yesterday. They couldn't yeah. handle the offense yesterday. The Vikings couldn't stop anything yesterday that the Chicago Bears threw at them, and it still came down to a fluky Hail Mary that almost was caught. You go back and watch that. Yeah. It almost oh. was caught by Justin Jefferson. Definitely. And it looked like there was a blatant face mask of the guy who was in position to try to catch the ball too. But, hey, they don't throw penalty flags on Hail Marys, except when it's, it's the Vikings playing defense, which we saw yeah. last week. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Sunday surprise time. We'll do that Monday draft when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Simsisms. Whirlwind. 
it's been a whirlwind for them. I think if you're going to make me choose, you know, between the two. What is it going to be? A whirlwind? 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 World, whirlwind? Whirlwind? <laughs> it, yeah, it's a whirlwind. Yeah. Simpsons. Whirlwind. Part deux. Wait, are we playing? Are we not playing? Are we playing? Wait, now our next game's that day? Holy cow, we got to play then now? And then we have a Sunday night game against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? That's a whirlwind. I mean, Baker Mayfield, it's been a whirlwind for him since he's gotten the NFL. Please. He can be taught. He can be taught. Uh, we, we, we all started texting whirlwind and whirlwind the moment you said it. But Mike, yes, he can be taught. Mike, well done. No joke. In the middle of me talking, it's like I, I was like, uh-oh. Here comes the whirlwind. It's coming out. <laughs> it's about, and I, I caught it in my brain right there. And I was like, okay, wait, it, it's, it's NBC. I'm on the big station. Let me say it the right way. Whirlwind. <laughs> oh, I just caught it. Very myself. well done. Yep. Thank you. Thank Very you. Very well done. That was good. And I wasn't quite sure. I know you weren't. And I, I, I said, I, cause I, all I know is I'm, I've, I've seen this movie before. I, I probably <laughs> would have bet that it came out with, with two D's. That was the comment I made, uh, in the text chain. It could be the, uh, Sims report card, two D's. Um, but no, uh, just one D just one day. So, uh, well done. Thank All you. right. Trivia question for the Sunday surprise draft. How about this? Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the first rookie quarterback to beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots since who, Chris? I heard this yesterday. A Geno Smith of the Jets. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Boom. I, I, roll, I heard baby. somebody say it on, on a highlight show or somewhere during a game yesterday. I might've heard it at the end of that football game. And then of course our producer, as a Jets fan, so of course he knows that, and that's what he asks. I mean, just too too predictable, too too predictable. I mean, could have been Mark Sanchez. Could have been Mark Sanchez. Uh, you're right. It could have been. You're right. Um, how do I not start there? You know, with a Jets fan asking a question that centers around the Jets. How could we not start with the Sunday surprise being the winless Jets go to L.A. to play the Los Angeles Rams, who? I don't know. I mean, we've at least had the conversation a few times over the last five, six weeks where we go, I don't know. The Rams, the best team in the NFC. I don't know. I mean, the NFC is hard to figure out, but either way, you know, that was the Sunday shocker for me. Sam Darnold played good football. Jets ran the ball a little bit. Their defense really was the story of the day. They never let McVay and golf really get in a rhythm uh, in any way. You know, Quinn and Williams, before he got hurt, him and Nathan Shepard up front, the defensive tackles, they were whooping butt and slowing down that Rams running game. So that, that to me, was amazing. You know, the fact that the, the Jets, you know, really you could sit there and go, they won all, almost all three phases of the game. They might have won all three phases of the game and pulled off an upset against a playoff caliber team is a shocker. Yeah, 17-point underdogs and won the game straight up. And you and I both had Rams as our best bets. We were 0-2-1 combined in best bets this week. And we got pushes on the two games, on the one game that we disagreed on. We had two that were the same that we both lost. We had different ones for our third one, and we got pushes independently. You had Seattle giving five to Washington, oh. push. I had Kansas City giving three to the Saints, push. So uh, not a great week for us, but even worse for the Rams, at least at least we can move on. The Rams have to live with this one for a little bit. First one for me to go back to the top story of the day. The fact that Breeze played when he clearly wasn't ready to play. How is that not a surprise? I wouldn't have expected him back on the field until he was 100% or close to it. Just last Monday night on ESPN at halftime of the game. Shefty's in. He's not going. They're not going to put him back on the field until he's 100% or close to it. Well, he's not close to 100%. And I'm amazed that somehow, some way, there was a misfire in an otherwise buttoned up from top to bottom Saints organization, which always finds a way to make the right decision, do the right thing, move in the right direction. To let Drew Brees play yesterday when he should not have been playing was a stunner to me, just a half click below the fact that the Jets found a way to win a game. No, uh, I mean, I'm with you. The, just, just the way Breeze looked all together was, you know, surprising for Sunday. It really was. It was shaky, like we talked about to start the show. He never looked comfortable in the pocket or what he was seeing down the field. 
Uh, it was really off yesterday. There's no doubt. Um, I'm surprised, too, that it looked that way or that it was that far away from being 100%. Um, but either way, yeah, it cost them yesterday. It did. That game, they had a chance to Question. win it if the offense was a little better. But Do you think Peyton considered getting him out of there? I, 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 in that moment, I don't think you can. No, I don't think so I don't either. think you can do it. Even if you think about it, I don't think you can do it. No, I think it, that opens up more more can of worms than they want to deal with. And then you got to talk about that. And then, oh, who's going to start this week? Is going to be Taysom Hill or Drew Brees? You know, again, in a year where not having the number one seed is, is, is you know, not a huge deal because no crowd and all of that. Um, hey, we're going to have to looking like we're going to have to see Drew Brees on the road, most likely in Lambeau, in Lambeau, in Lambeau. Could be a good chance. Right. Which, you know, the way he threw the ball yesterday and everything like that, that scares you when you think about that and you go, well, that was a perfect environment. He goes to Lambeau. It's not going to be perfect. The ball is going to be slick and frozen and there's going to be wind. And what's it going to look like if he throws some of those passes we saw yesterday, you know, in late January. So, uh, Hey, hopefully they can get him in a groove here these last two weeks to where he can get to the playoffs and, you know, kind of be hitting on, on all systems go. Um, I'm going to go – this is more of a big picture thing, but we haven't hit on this game. And I just – I mean, the the Titans, their offense, just, it's not even just a surprise for yesterday. It's a surprise for the whole year. Because what, the Titans are one of those things, Mike, and I know I said this to you like off air, that we hadn't hit the game. And it's just one of those – you look at the stats sometimes. Hey, let me see where this offense, you know, and you go, whoa, wait, the Titans are the number two offense in football. I just, I don't know if a lot of people really realize that and how explosive they are on that side of the football and what they did yesterday to the Lions. You know, they're just, their ability to make big plays in the run game and pass game, it's up there with anybody. It might not be as cool and as fun and highlighty and, you know, fantasy football driven maybe as the Kansas City Chiefs and all that but it's every bit as effective as the Kansas City Chiefs in a lot of ways I mean they can do it whatever way they want it's yeah we can run the ball and break off big plays but when we got to drop back and throw the ball and make big plays there they're one of the best there is at that as well it's just uh remarkable what they've done and that's a guy like Arthur Smith the offensive coordinator for the Titans you don't hear his name a whole lot he probably needs to be, you know, talked about in that head coach, top offensive coordinator conversation a little bit more. Put a pin in that comment because that is one of my centerpiece grievances coming up on the actual day of Festivus, the okay. fake holiday created by Frank Costanza, Wednesday, December 23. But uh, two quick points about that great performance we saw yesterday from the Titans. The final score, 46-25. That was the first time there's ever been a score of 46 to 25 in 101 years of NFL football, which is amazing. That's a scoregami as they call it online. And there were two this weekend, 48, 19, the bills win over the Broncos. Another one. We got two of them in one week. Uh, 1,056 unique scores now of NFL games in 101 seasons. All right. Next one for me, Salvan Ahmed, the dolphins running back who had played in three games before uh, Sunday and was pressed into service because Miles Gaskin was injured. Ahmed's grandmother's in the hospital. He told her he'd get 100 yards, and he did. He got 122 on 23 carries and a touchdown that he is taking the ball to her. He told me she's doing better, uh, which is which is uh, obviously good news, but a uh, neat little story and a surprise, a definite surprise. I doubt that he was on many fantasy lineups in yesterday's fantasy playoffs Chris no definitely not but you know that that it just it speaks to the bigger picture of what the Dolphins are doing down there you know how well they've built their football team the fact that they can find a free agent talent like that you know and the, and the fact that if they can play defense and the way they've been playing and run the ball just even somewhat close to the way they ran the ball yesterday you know that bodes well for them being a pain in the butt in the playoffs if they can get in because Tua's not at the point right yet where he's going to carry the team and drop back pass and throw lasers all over the field. No, they're still managing him. He's making some plays here and there, but that's the way. That's the fact of where they are right now. So they need that run game to help some of those boots and play actions that they want to do with Tua and make them more effective, and that could be an effective formula as far as uh, playoffs are concerned. All right, my next one, I mean, I don't know. I'm not shocked, but I'm still shocked, okay? The, the Falcons – 
the 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 Brady comeback, the ownership of Brady over the Atlanta Falcons, th- th- that still was amazing. I just, you know, again, we know the Falcons aren't good, but up 17 to nothing against, hey, it's Tom Brady, his first year in Tampa. Man, I don't know. And the way Atlanta was looking, I just thought, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be one of those days Brady can bring them back. That was amazing. And the, the, the way in which he did it, how quickly they made plays to bring them back, and just how good Brady looked doing it, that was a, a Sunday surprise for me. They start putting full games together, and they are going to the Super Bowl, and it's going to be Brady and, the, and, and Mahomes together in Tampa for Super Bowl 55. Last one for me, um, Tony Pollard and the Cowboys. Mm. Uh, Pollard had 130-plus yards from scrimmage, and the Cowboys get the win on the day when everyone else in the division loses. And I had made the joke Saturday night when the Rose Bowl announced that the game will be played at AT AT&T Stadium, and it may not even be called the Rose Bowl. And I said, hey, they're finally going to have a meaningful playoff game in Dallas this year. But they could still win that division. They're not dead yet. Wouldn't it be amazing if the Cowboys find a way to get hot? I'm stunned that they beat the 49ers, as are you. That was another one of our best bets that blew up in our faces. And uh, good for the Cowboys. Thanks, Nick Mullins. Thanks, Nick Mullins. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Stefan Georgievich. He's very Uh, good when the game has got no competitive meaning. But when the game gets real again, man, he's a disaster. Well, he, he got he finally got yanked yesterday for C.J. Beathard. We'll see what they do next week against the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's take a break. We'll get you ready for Monday night's game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals right after this. Pittsburgh Steelers tonight trying to hold on to the two-seed. Here come the Bills who hold the tiebreaker. The Steelers look destined to be the one-seed not long ago. They've lost two in a row. Tonight they get a very difficult draw. They get the – oh, wait, they've got the Bengals. 2-10-1, and, and Brandon Allen's out. Ryan Finley is in. Is Look, we saw the Jets just beat the Rams yesterday. No, Isn't Mike. that no, all Mike. we need to know? No. The Steelers have been sluggish the past couple of weeks. No. No, I don't think it you is. Don't, you don't want to change your I, pick? No, I don't want to change my pick. Bengals, this is not a good matchup for them. They can't run the ball. Third string quarterback. Pittsburgh coming in pissed off. So no you way. bet your Rolls Royce on the Steelers. I, I will bet saying. your Rolls, Rolls Royce, Royce on that. On yes, line. I don't have one. Thank you. Everybody have a great day. See you tomorrow. <laughs> See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.